very warm welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio. Uh, it's lovely to have Robert and Amanda Goodwin on this evening to talk about the philosophy of White Feather and also the numerous spiritual work they do as well. Um, I'm hoping that the conversation is going to cover a kind of wide gamut of topics. I've been studying your website and there's certainly a lot of information on there that really could go into many, many hours, <laughs> really. Yeah. But um, you know, we'll try and touch on what we can and, and see where it goes, really. So I think just to just start off the conversation, really, is to tell people about what you do, uh, about White Feather, um, and, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay, well, thanks for inviting us on the, uh, on the programme. It's, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, what can we say about White Feather? Um, he's been with with us now for a number of years he's uh, certainly been with, with with me for over 30 years and Amanda and I have worked together closely with him for the last 12 years doing what we do um, going all around the country and uh, and more recently uh, in, into Europe um, doing trans demonstrations and he really is um, I, I suppose really you have to experience White Feather would you say Amanda really yeah. to you have to experience White Feather really to, to know him. Although the books do do give a flavour of uh, of the kind of thing that uh, he imparts, but really he comes across and he, he is a teacher. He is a spiritual teacher, um, and you know he, his work is to provide knowledge and guidance to to humanity really. And he's one of the few I feel really you know in this day and age who, who gives that deeper philosophy. Um, Sort of, you know, along the lines of if 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 any of the of the listeners have, have read any of the books or, or encountered other guides such as Silver Birch, it's very very much in the same vein, and he really comes into his own when he's got an audience uh, to speak to and he can answer questions when he's put on the spot. And he, in all the all the years that we've known him, and he's never failed to to give a, a deep answer to any question that's been asked of him almost instantaneously, really. There's never any delay in yeah. what comes through. Is it deep trance mediumship you do? Deep trance, yeah. I, I think, really, um, people don't understand trance. Um, you know, there's, there's a kind of a, an idea that trance mediums somehow, um, as with hypnosis, that, you know, people think that the, 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 the medium goes to sleep um, whereas that isn't quite the case. I, I, I go into an altered state, but I'm certainly aware, uh, I can hear what's being said, although I'm not actually present. If, if anyone was to say to me, you know, um, where do you go to? I, I couldn't answer that. I, you know, I, I really couldn't. I, I, my consciousness is just uh, supplanted by white feathers, and I'm not aware of anything that relates to me. And I'm very much in the hands of White Feather and Amanda, who sits next to me, to to make sure that uh, that all goes well. But I, I really have no idea where I am. It's it's a pure exchange of consciousness, really. Yeah. So how did it come about in your life? Um. Well, to cut a long story short, I won't bore you with with the whole story. But um, I, I had healing when I was about seventeen. Um, and. That experience in itself, which happened, it was a one-off experience, and, and it was like something I'd never, I'd never known really. I, I actually came out of my body during that experience, and it left me with a, a profound interest in finding out more about spiritual matters. And I'd always sort of been on the borderline, I guess, of, of, of thinking, well, there's more to life than than, than you know the physical aspect. Um, and that experience left me wanting to know more. And um, over a period of years, I, I attended various spiritualist churches and uh, different mediums were, were telling me, you know, you've got to do this work. This was a message that was coming across mm. to me. It was, it was embarrassing, to be honest with, with you, Amy, because I would get, I would, every week I would get a message from a different medium. And they'd all be saying the same thing. And... Uh, it sort of kind of took off from there. I sat in a development circle for a number of years and not expecting to do to develop as a trans medium in any way. Um, but that was obviously what was planned and it just sort of developed o over a number of years, really. 
With the work that you do now, what kind of messages does White ever bring through? Is it more the philosophical teachings, or does he give you sort of messages about what's happening around the world, if you like? Yeah, well, maybe Amanda could answer that better than I could. Yeah, um, I mean, we, one of the, the things that we enjoy most of all is actually giving public demonstrations where, as Rob's already mentioned, he'll go off into a, a deep trance state, allowing the spiritual guide to come through. And what we say to people before um, we actually invite questions and answers is that the guide uh, um, and spirit in general have actually said to us that they prefer and work better having a voice vi vibration. So um, whereas in the early days we would ask people to write down questions that they want answers to, um, we now actually in, um, encourage them to use the voice so that spirit can pick up. And this is three-way connection between um, from spirit, through spirit, to spirit. Um, we also say that it perhaps isn't the, the the right time to ask personal questions, if you like, and perhaps clairvoyant evenings are times to get those sorts of messages. But then people tend to, I mean, you may well know this already, that, that as people open up to spirit and open up to the bigger questions, really, we give them an opportunity to ask almost from the horse's mouth the answers to some of these uh, spiritual questions that they may have. And so usually the answers to the questions are given so that it can benefit um, a number of people. Um, so it can be it can be anything. I mean, it can be things like, you know, what do you do in the spirit world, you know, to relax or anything to a, to a much deeper um, nature. We try, uh, obviously, we say to people, we're not going to police any question. Um, and the guide's got a wonderful way of being able to answer anybody really and any question given to him so i'm in a, a privileged position if you like having a relationship with both men in, in, in the truest sense of the word because i can honestly say to you that it is two different people my husband rob is not white feather um the, i mean he will say himself um he could not possibly answer the questions in the same articulate uh, way that white feather does um, so we tend to find also when we've done one-to-one -one sessions that it gives people an opportunity to ask questions um, that are perhaps a little bit more personal and can give a greater depth than we might be able to do on a public demonstration right okay so do you feel that you know white feather more than uh, perhaps Robert does because obviously you get to speak to him <laughs> don't you <laughs> <laughs> in some way and it's actually quite amusing at times because um very often there's this thing about the veg i mean i've been a vegetarian for 30 odd years and rob isn't he's a, he lapses and and white feather very often will will bring this up um about the fact that he wished he was a vegetarian mm. uh, and that he isn't and it's quite amusing really because the guide and I can have a joke about Rob who's sitting there but not there, if you know what I mean. So it can be yeah. it's quite funny in <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I've got a wonderful relationship with him in my own right. And um, I can honestly say I never get fed up of hearing him speak. And I can't express in words the love that comes through from the guide. Uh, I mean, at times, especially when my, my, my dad was dying, the support that I got from White Feather during that period of time, which was obviously very, very difficult, you you, you couldn't put a price on that. So I do feel I've got a very special relationship with him, and and I'm very privileged to be able to to be there when he when he speaks. Yeah, wonderful. So who is um, White Feather? I mean, who was he in the lifetime? And also, is there a relationship? between you guys perhaps and white feather that goes beyond the physical if you like like you part of the same soul group or something like that yeah it's a good question Ian. um white feather himself although he, he's um somewhat reluctant to go into too much detail because he always says that the, the the message is more important than the messenger um we do know he has told us that he was a member of the blackfoot uh tribe of um montana which is just inside the border of Canada, um, that, he, that he lived several hundred years ago. Um, and he also, he also stated um, that uh, as a red man, um, he made this commitment 
um, along with myself before I, I was incarnated uh, to do this work, which sort of um, suggests that we knew each other, that we maybe go back a long time. And, and yeah, I, I would say we're part of the same soul group. Um, and I, I agreed to do the, the bit down here. Mm. Um, and he, he would be the spiritual mouthpiece that, uh, that operated from the spirit plane. Not, not that I would put myself on the same level as him, you, you understand. He, I, I know he's a more advanced uh, soul than I am, you know, simply by connecting with him. But uh, I, I feel very honoured and very privileged that, uh, you know, I can, I can be his earthly instrument. And, and he said many times that, you know, we did make this agreement um, before I came here. So do you feel that we are living in I mean, amazing times or challenging times, one way to pull it? And, um, and obviously with messages that come from spirit, there is a very important message that needs to come through and, and let people know what's going on, maybe to wake up to the greater reality. But also, you know, there's also messages that maybe are not coming from spirit. Yeah, well, I, I think you've got to, you know, discriminate between what is genuinely from spirit and what isn't. I mean... Uh, just to pick up on that point, we, we often make the, um, we, we emphasize in the little preamble that we do bef before we, we do the trance demonstration that uh, there's a lot of pseudo trance um, and mediumship that isn't mediumship and, and people must uh, determine for themselves what is genuine and what isn't. And we always say that the, the true criteria to measure trance by is the, is not only the, the words that are spoken, the depth of the answers, but also the, the way in which they're conveyed. Um, and the answer should always be instantly forthcoming. It shouldn't be a question of the guide saying, well, you know, just hold on a minute, I'll just go and find out the answer for you. The, the answer is there. And I often find, and I say I, um, it's a sense of, of when the question's asked, the, the answer, you know, even though I'm not there, I'm going to use the word I so that people can relate to this. I, I, I sense the answer immediately forming in the mind before, often before the question has, has finished being asked. Um, and that, that's a true measure of, of genuine trance, uh, I feel, you know. Um, but there's a lot of, lot of changes going on now. We, we do live in interesting times, um, exciting times. And despite all the, um, the surface uh, doom and gloom, and all, all the problems that we have in the world, I, I do sense there's an underlying current, an underlying energy shift or a paradigm shift, if you like, that's uh, opening up new horizons for a number of people. And uh, the very fact that mediumship is more accessible to people now, um, I'm not sure it, you know we've got the balance right yet, but the very fact that people can listen and watch mediumship on TV and in theatres um, you know, it does show that uh, it's becoming more acceptable and there's some kind of a growing interest and awakening taking place at some level. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. I mean, what does um, White Feather say about uh, the current times of people asking those sort of questions? Because there's a lot of fear with people at the moment about are we heading towards more of a doom and gloom, apocalypse type future? Are we going to an all ascended future where it's all love and light? Or do we have to be participants in it and try and create the future we want to create because there's people around that are trying to remove our freedom if you like mm. i think he's very aware of current issues and it's interesting that the answers he gives are um ta taking that into account actually he goes back to fundamentally what the truth is so when he speaks about um, natural law and about um, cause and effect and karmic issues um, it has a place in any part of, of uh, time if you like and what we try and say to people is that unlike perhaps orthodox religion we're not trying to preach a message to anybody what we're saying is that it comes up fundamentally down to personal responsibility. And I think many of the people, if not all of the people we meet, are open-minded enough to try, they're trying to find answers to some of these really difficult questions about life and the universe in general. And one of the themes, really, uh, uh, the threads that come from spirit when asked these sort of questions in whichever context is the fact that 
we do have to take our personal responsibility seriously, but also as, as a collective, if each one of us does that, then that in itself creates new light, new energy that can perhaps redress some of these um, difficult issues, some of the, the darkness. And, and, and intrinsically, there has to be light and dark that coexist anyway for there to be a middle path. And I think that's the sort of thing that the philosophy that uh, White Feather um, comes out with, in that despite the even the worst things in life, the most despotic people in life and despotic actions in life, there is still hope, and that hope comes from actually having a greater understanding and knowledge of truth in its widest sense. And I really feel that we've got a job to do in in helping other people to perhaps think a little bit more independently rather than just um, take what they're given from TV or film or newspapers um, as as somebody else's opinion of the truth. If I can just come in on that as well, Ian, because uh, I mean, I totally agree with what Amanda's just said, but I kind of get the feeling you may be sort of hinting at, um, you know, some of the... Uh, Things that we we've got on the on the website. Um, I, I don't like to use the word conspiracy theory, but but um, certainly there are a lot of um, alternative uh, news items and and things that are, are posted at the moment. Some of which we've highlighted on the website. And um, the one thing we try and make clear is that uh, some of the things that we put on there are are, are things that we ourselves have uncovered um, and and are concerned about and we like to distinguish uh, that to White Feather's teaching because White Feather doesn't teach about, you know, he will mention it if he's directly asked. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think it's clear, we, we have to make a clear distinction between, between the two, you know. Yeah. Uh, but certainly some of the things that we, we've put on there um, we do. We we are concerned about. Uh, I mean, if if you want to touch on those, fine. I, you know, I haven't got a problem with that because, because at the end of the day, I always say to people, if I know something, if if we know something, then then we feel it's our duty to tell people. And you can't unknow something once you know it. Yeah, that's you true. Um, I guess, yeah. Not everybody might agree with it, but we feel we've got to put it out there anyway. Yeah, I mean, the the only reason why <coughs> I bring it up is that. You know, people obviously worry about a lot of trivial things in their life. Um, they might go and see mediums um, to talk about the, the things that may not really matter, but they're kind of kept, they're sort of stuck in a, a pattern. Mm. So you worry about lots of different little things. But then also there's people out there that witness the bigger things that are going on and it really concerns them. And you don't know where to turn. You can't turn to the media for, for guidance. Um, mm. And you, the only way you can really turn is inwards. And, you know, that, that's kind of a, a lot of people can do that when they get further down the spiritual path. But what a lot of people do is they, they're, they're in that kind of seeking mode, aren't they? Where they yeah. want to read information. They want to go to, you know, read channelings, really, I guess, and find that information. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, what we, what we say, you know, is, is you know, um, we, we freely put any information that we come into contact with. Um, whether it's our own research or whether it comes from, from White Feather and the spirit world, we just put it out there uh, and in the books and we say to people, you know, this is what we know, what we believe to be true. Um, you know, you, you must uh, weigh up and consider for yourself. And, he, and as White Feather would say, you either accept it or reject it. Um, but I, what, funnily enough, you know, Ian, we, I had an um, email from a lady going back a few months ago now, 12 months probably, and she looked at the website and she said, um, I've been a spiritualist, she said, all my life, and I've never yet, uh, you know, come across uh, uh, anything like um, that, you, that you talk about where you mix up politics and spiritual, spiritual teachings together. She said, I think it's wrong. And, and I, you know, I took on board what she said, but I emailed her back and I said, look, you know, I'm not interested in politics. What what we put on the website isn't political. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's all about information and the truth. It's, it's the truth that matters. Um, and and if if there are aspects of political 
comment within it, fair enough, but we were certainly not interested in politics. I mean, we, we, I think she was referring to some of the stuff about 9-11 and uh, some, of the, some of the deeper, darker, more sinister control yeah. mechanisms and Big Brother stuff that's about at the moment. Which you know you can't you can't just bury your head in the sand and pre pretend it doesn't exist. It's out there. It's happening every day. I see it myself. You know, yeah. you can't ignore it. But some some people, unfortunately, and I'm not I'm not knocking them, but it's you know everybody's entitled to their own their own opinion. But but you know they they, they sort of want to bury their head in the sand and, and pretend it doesn't happen. You know, they're more interested in opening and closing the chakras. Than they are about, you know, the the controls that are daily on a daily basis interfering with our freedom. Mm. You know, yeah. just that's my view anyway. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Like, I totally concur with what you're saying there. I mean, what what, what kind of people? Um, sorry, what sort of questions are people asking when they come to you? I mean, do you do um, group sessions quite often where people come along and ask questions? Um, yeah, I mean, when we do public demonstrations, we can have any any amount of people from sort of ten um, to up to ninety people. It, it it just completely depends on um, the area that we're working in, um, and what we try and do. I mean, obviously, we do quite a few demonstrations in spiritualist churches, mainly because there's a platform there and already an understanding, perhaps, um, but um, more recently, we've been trying to take the work. Um, outside of the spiritualist movement, if you like, to try and uh, get to as many people as possible. I mean, um, as you might be aware, we, we've published uh, about five of our own books now of transcripts, and they are recorded and um, transcribed verbatim so that we, we don't sort of um, miss anything out. And these are questions from people, um, very ordinary people from all walks of life, um, who who come along? I mean, they there are sort of questions that come up quite regularly, such as is there life on other planets, or um, about pets in the spirit world, or those, those sort of things. Um, but there really is such a vast variety of, of questions that come up, and and what we'd like to do is to give people the opportunity, perhaps through the books, who wouldn't necessarily want to go to a public demonstration the opportunity to to read um the guides um comments and advice and uh, maybe as has happened before people have read the books and then decided they'd actually quite like to come and uh, experience work better for themselves um, yeah. and that's that's really a, the gathering that we're doing next year um in the Cotswolds is actually trying to do that to celebrate transmediumship in its widest sense that so that to make it plain because what we like to try and do it is not about us when we go out and work it really isn't about us we're not interested in building our part as as humans if you like what yeah. we really are championing championing is is the the philosophy that comes through from spirit um, and um, I can assure you that neither of us could actually come out with the sort of um, teachings that White Feather does. So um, we hope to take these questions to, to anybody who who's a seeker, really. Is there like an underlying message or thread that White Feather's trying to give across in his messages? Um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I mean, he always speaks about the truth. Uh, in its many many contexts, really, um, and always the fact that the truth lies within, and the fact that um, you know it's available to everyone. Uh, I mean, everyone in a sense is a is a medium. E everyone, because we're all parts of of God or the Great Spirit or whatever label, infinite consciousness, whatever you want to call it, then then we've all got access to that higher nature, that higher power, and. One thing I will say about White Feather is that when you experience White Feather, he's very empowering. He's very empowering. People often come up to us afterwards, um, having been within the energies and the presence of, of, of White Feather, to say how 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 inspired they are. Um, you know, and, and it, it, he really is inspiring, and it, it's all about empowering people. Yeah. Uh, to, to to uncover and, and, and develop their own abilities really. 
And I think this is a, this is a very very key point actually, Ian, because it sort of almost leads on to another sort of side issue of ours where um, we mentioned earlier about um, mediumship becoming more available to people, but it's kind of a, a concern of ours, the way that mediumship has developed into sort of a cult uh, celebrity status, if you know what I mean, with the, with the birth of a celebrity medium and all that goes with it. And it sort of almost... Um, separates mediums from from the general public and so many are put on pedestals and one thing that white feather will always try to do he's a great leveler and he will always say to people look you are every bit as important as i am i'm not better or greater or more wonderful or, or any of those things than you are and he treats everyone with the same respect and the same humility and that's a very empowering thing and a very important message that always underpins everything that he that he says that's important isn't it the empower the empowerment of thing isn't it to yeah. encourage people to you know be responsible and accountable and to um you know to try and be teachers in, in their own right i guess yeah i mean one, one, one of the things he often says actually is uh, we're all teachers and we're all pupils yeah, you know, we all learn from each other. We all teach each other, and I think it would it would do well for one or two people mentioning no names to to sort of take that on board, really. Yeah, we also actually it sounds quite um, severe all this, and quite sort of uh, as if he wouldn't perhaps have an enjoyable evening at all if he came to one of our demonstrations. <laughs> but but I have to say that the um, the guide has got a wonderful sense of humour, yeah. and he gets away with blue murder the way he says things, but in a very polite way, using humour. Which um, again, I think that's quite a lesson for all of us, really. That uh, you know, he's not an angry person; he doesn't put people down. But he has a way of saying things in a humorous way that uh, you you couldn't write it. Really. Yeah, he's got yeah. a very dry sense of humor, Ian. Very very dry. And uh, funny enough, you know, uh, um, I'm glad Amanda's raised that point because humor is an important part of mediumship, an important part of spiritual communication. And people think that mediums are all about you know talking to dead people and. You know, you, you see people crying and, you know, when, when they've contacted a loved one and uh, all the emotional stuff with it. But, but they don't realize always that the tremendous humor and the fun part of mediumship and those in the spirit world, you know, they, they are by and large, apart from one or two people, are happy. Mm. You know, and, and they want to convey that happiness and humor. And White Feather, as I say, has got a very dry sense of humor. And he will often tease somebody in a very loving, very nice way just to raise the energies and get a laugh because laughter is itself a very powerful healer and a very powerful energy and spirit work on energy. And when the energies are lifted, then the whole evening just, just flows, you know. Yeah, no, I can understand that, yeah. So what kind of um, picture does uh, White Feather paint of the spirit world? You know, can you give me an idea of... Um, how he would describe it, you know, some people say he's got many different planes, um, you know, halls of learning, all that kind yeah. of stuff. He does talk of halls of learning and he certainly talks about um, immense libraries um, and wonderful music halls. He talks of uh, colours that you couldn't even imagine on an, on the earth plane. Um, and he actually paints a wonderful picture. You do wonder sometimes <laughs> whether you'd be better off back then yeah <laughs> that's the problem isn't it <laughs> but, but yeah. having said that and actually i've made a slip up there because he doesn't speak of it uh going back what he says is um we are actually within the spirit world as we speak mm, never uh, left it isn't somewhere we go mm. it is actually as as radio ways we they coexist and, and all we do when we make these spirit communications is alter the frequency to the point where we ca our two worlds can meet. Um, and that in itself is, is a leveller because it isn't some high uh, place that we're, we, we are all aspiring to be better than we are. But in actual fact, there is no judgment the only judgment there are there is is what we put on ourselves, 
And whereas some school of thought in religious terms may be that there is a judgment day and we will look at somebody else will point the finger and, and tell us where we've all gone wrong. The main theme of the teachings that White Feather brings through and other spiritual teachers like him is the, is the fact that we are our own engineers of our progression. And in the, when we become more and more evolved um, over lifetimes, he speaks in terms of um, levels of light more than, you know, actually a place physically that you go to. So he obviously maintains um, an astral body in order to connect with us at this level. Um, but in terms of spiritual involvement, obviously the body becomes um, redundant. You don't need a body. Um, and spiritual enlightenment is actually that. It's levels of light. Um which to some extent operate through us all, but that can be um, honed and developed um, with, with teaching and with learning and with, with various lifetimes to repay back um, karmic debt, for instance. Okay. So does, does wife ever see reincarnation as an optional thing or is it something that we, we have to do? Or can we go off to different planets and do different things? Yeah, what, what he says on that, Ian, is that um, no, no one forces you to come back. But what he says is that um, you, you, the soul comes into a realisation that it can't progress further in the spirit, spirit realms unless it outworks any karma that it has. Um, and, and to do that, it comes back on the earth. Um, and it may take a while for that realisation to dawn. Um, but he also said, regarding your point about going to other planets, he, he doesn't rule that out. He said it's a possibility, but he also says that if you create a karmic situation here on Earth, then you have to return to the place that you created it, not, not the specific location, but the Earth, to, to outwork it. Mm. You can't sort of sweep it under the carpet and think, oh, I'll, I'll go off to another planet now and you know experience... You have to you have to finish up finish up what you started. Really, you can't uh, negate what you've what you've what you've commenced. You have to outwork it here, and when that's been done, then yeah, maybe it's possible that you can go to other worlds and other places in the universe to uh, continue your progress. Yeah, indeed. So, what is what does he say on the, on the topic of uh, free free will? It's one of them topics that's really confusing. You, on one hand, people believe in uh, destiny, don't they? And then on the other hand, we seem to have free will at least. But yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And he's very, very clear on that. Very specific. He says that we all have limited free will. Uh, that the, the further we expand, the further we grow, the further we move forward spiritually the greater the free will that we have um but he says that we have limited free will operating within a a framework uh if you like of destiny that that's uh, that's laid out for each life just to be just to open that up slightly when we come into into uh, into the earth uh, dimension when we incarnate we have a set of parameters uh, that are known by the soul before we come here. We know the sex uh, 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 of the of the of the body. We know certain characteristics, certain weaknesses and strengths. We know the culture that we're coming into, and all these things. And we also have a life plan. But within that life plan, it's not fixed. It's not so set in stone that we can't change it to a certain extent. And that's where our free will comes in. And he, he states quite clearly that we can shorten our lives by our behaviour, by our misbehaviour, if you like, if we if we abuse our bodies, if we if we eat the wrong things, if we take substances, if we do the wrong things, then then we're going to shorten our life. Um, but overall, we can't extend it to any great extent beyond the the date when we, we're due to return to the spirit world. So. It's basically free will operating within a set of parameters that are known by the soul in advance of, of coming here. 
Does that make sense, do you think? Uh, it does, it does. It's like a blueprint, isn't it, really, I guess. Like, if you're not meant to be a millionaire, um, you won't be a millionaire. But I, I've known people, well, and there's a story of a guy who really wanted to be a millionaire, and um, and he obviously he got a million pound, but he lost it soon afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, he was never really meant to be a millionaire. <laughs> that's right, that's life, right. You know. I mean, I've, I very often do the lottery, Ian, and I think to myself, I'm not going to win this. I haven't yet. But you're helping someone else win that money, aren't you? By yeah. putting the money in the, in the kitty. Yeah, we're not, we're not meant to. We're not meant to be millionaires. You know, I'd love to be, but I'm not meant to be. I've, you know, it's, yeah. We've got other work to do. <laughs> it's, it is still confusing because, if, um, you know, I, I, I have similar beliefs to you. I, I, I believe we do have this kind of free will in, in, within a framework. You know, obviously there are people that do horrible things to people and you think, but, you know, when is that horrible thing a planned thing or when is that thing actually not the planned thing? If, do you know what I mean? It's that, those kind of arguments. That's another good point here. Let, 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 let me answer that because... Um, again, white feather uh, from memory and from, from reading back the books that we've actually put together. I know he's been asked that question a number of times. And the, the, the question that's very often asked is a specific one. Um, what about a plane crash where a number of people, you know, die in a plane crash? Um, first of all, he says there's no such thing as accidents. Uh, even though we perceive them as accidental from our viewpoint, he always says that the law operates to perfection. Um, and as regarding all those people that pass in that instance, he says, well, if they weren't meant to be there, their energies would have would have taken them to a different place. They wouldn't be there. They would have not caught the flight or they wouldn't have gone on the flight in the first place. Something would have happened. They would have made a different choice. So their energies are putting them in that position at that time. Um, and, and on the surface, that might sound a little bit sort of, uh, you know, difficult to believe, but if, if you think deeply into it, you realise you can trace back all of the threads, all of the things that happen to put you in, in a particular place at a particular time. Uh, and, and, and nothing, nothing can ever be by chance or accident. Everything is is traceable back to decisions that were made at the time, maybe going back years that have put you into that position, that place at that moment in time. Well, I think when you look at humans, though, I, I often think that we're so predictable. You know, in our own thinking, we can get into loops um, with certain thinkings. And I think that generally people are very much predictable, you know, with our behaviour and what we do. Yeah. So it does make me wonder how much free will we actually do. I mean, I've got a free will now just to jump up and down and take my headphones off, and I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but then I think, well, actually, but there might be a synchronistic path that already exists where I would have done that anyway. Yeah. The other thing is, is as well, uh, when we regard free will, most people would not choose to have a disability or an illness or a hard time in life. I mean, as human beings, we wouldn't choose to do that. And yet what we have to consider here is the bigger picture. Why would, if we don't choose that, but that's on our pathway, it's what we will actually learn from going through those difficult experiences in the greater scheme of things. And I think it, it, it's not going, we're not saying here that, you know, if you, if you believe this and you read books and listen to spiritual teachers, you're going to have a wonderful life where nothing ever goes wrong. Because in the bigger picture, in the eyes of spirit, um, what we might consider as something going wrong or something not quite so good is actually a bigger teacher and a greater opportunity for learning than if it hadn't have happened. Um, I can speak from experience in that regard, um, having spent a lot of my childhood in hospital. And actually, when I look back now, although it was a horrible time, there are times when the most profound movement in my understanding has been perhaps in one of the most difficult and more, most painful parts of my life. And when I look at it now, um, I actually am so grateful for that experience because I truly believe that it's perhaps made me more compassionate and helped me to understand the needs of other people in the same situation and much more um, 
ready, if you like, to go and speak to people. And, and you, you can't make everything okay. And spirit would say that. We choose to experience the hardships and there has to be that counterbalance between good and bad experiences. Mm. But good and bad in, in whose uh, context is a matter for debate because spirit are very often said to us, that it isn't at the time of at the time of death from this world is a time of celebration in the spirit world. So it really depends on where you're at and what you're looking at at the mm, time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've I've done quite a lot of soul searching on it myself because you know my daughter's autistic, and I've, we had I had a chat with Robert earlier, and he mentioned that yeah. you've also got an autistic uh, yeah. son or daughter. It's my son's got Asperger's. Asperger's, that's, that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So you know, for myself, I've always um, tried to find. Uh, a lesson I guess in the things that don't seem to be you know the things that are challenging if you like mm-hmm. um, but one of the things I've always come up against with other people that have gone down the extreme of that path is that they don't they sort of lose the compassion like I've had yeah. people that say to me oh it's her karma you know she did something bad in a previous life or, or this that, and the other and for me I, I have to keep bringing myself back to the centre and think, yes, I, I understand it's a lesson, but I also try to keep hold of that compassion as well, and which is really difficult. So it, I mean, is, what, really, it is really, really difficult, and and sometimes people with autism can be very, very difficult to live with, you know. Um, and you, you, your spirituality at times is um, severely challenged. Um, and it's so easy for other people to judge or to make these vast statements on uh, karmic debt or whatever. But actually, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day with human feelings. And this isn't, we're aspiring to be better than we are in certain areas. And actually, sometimes, you know, it can be very upsetting, very challenging. And other people's compassion is questionable um when they're not actually going through it um so i think we must not lose sight of of the fact that we are on the earth plane as human beings and it is very difficult to see the bigger picture at times and we do have massive questions about why does this happen you know what 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 is it Sometimes you might say, what is it that I've done wrong that I have to, to deal with these particular things? It isn't a case of that, but we wouldn't be reasonable people if we didn't at, at some point question just what on earth's going on here. You know, I tried to be a good person. I tried to do the right thing, blah, 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 and still I'm challenged in this way. But the only way that I've really come to terms um, with all of these things is to or say to myself, well, why not me? Why not me? Why, should, why shouldn't I have to deal with these things? Because at some level, the aspect of my soul that's incarnated may well have chosen to experience these things um, for my involvement. So I think it's a case of not beating, beating yourself up too much on, uh, with some of these things mm. that can be extremely challenging at mm. times. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's for me. It's been a wonderful experience, really, mm. in the end, because I just, yeah. I, I'm just amazed by their abilities and what they can do, the way they think so differently. Absolutely. And I think what, what, yeah, what, what could be is is such a, a breath of fresh air, because I mean, my son at time when he was twelve or thirteen, I hadn't got a clue what I was going to do with him. I mean, he used to thump me in the street and all mm. sorts of things. <laughs> you know? I know the feeling. <laughs> Yeah. Such a lot of money to get a diagnosis. And I didn't get that for its own sake. I got it because I thought I was going mad, basically, and nobody was listening. And you know what? I look at him now at 20, and he's a wonderful musician. And he the, and I sometimes have to stop myself and think, you know, if I thought about life in the way that you do occasionally, a little bit more often, maybe things wouldn't be quite so so um, heavy as they sometimes can be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. a fellow once said, Ian, uh, I don't know what the question was, but he, we were talking about blindness, and he said, uh, how do you know that the blind man doesn't see a lot more than you do? Exactly, yeah, with the other Such, senses. Isn't it? Yeah, well, I got caught in a rainstorm uh, a while back, 
and I was absolutely drenched, I had no umbrella and then I just suddenly had a vision of what my daughter would do and she just, she loves water. <laughs> so she, you know, when she's out in the rain, she's just staring up at the sky, spinning around, it's all coming down her face, she's licking it off her chops and everything and she's just in awe of the rain, like it's all sparkly. So I just thought, I'm going to pretend I'm her. And yeah. I, was, I didn't obviously do all the, the hand movements and everything, but I just had this amazing, sunny kind of smile in my mind of what she would do. And yeah. just f she found the joy in something that we would think was just so mundane and awful, you know, it's raining. Really, isn't that what spirituality is about? It's about mm. looking at the same mundane things with fresh eyes. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Trying to find a meaning to something and, and actually it's not, as, as we know, it really isn't out there beyond ourselves it's within ourselves always and it's it's really about the perception of how we see the world and that that truly is the most important thing yeah i went i read a fantastic book and i would recommend this to anybody and it's a book by victor e frankel called um, man's search for meaning and he's a psychiatrist who went through um, the concentration camps um through the second world war and the first part of the book describes his experiences, which you couldn't imagine anybody ever coming through that, let alone coming through it and finding some peace from it. Mm. I was absolutely astounded by the res this, this man's approach to the suffering that he had and the way that he used those experiences to help other people after the war. And the... Uh, you know, even if it is standing in the rain and thinking about the rain in a different way, it's as profound, if you like, as, as somebody who's perhaps gone through this guy's amount of suffering and come out the other end, that we have to, through our, uh, by thinking about things differently, come to an understanding that is different. Although, you know, essentially nothing has changed. Nature doesn't mind if it rains if it's sunny if it's windy it just bends and and changes to whichever circumstances it's in and maybe that's um, a lesson for us all in that hmm. yeah it's a little bit like, a bit like coming in enlightened isn't it really finding the joy and peace and everything yeah. and getting away from all the distractions and attachments that we all uh, yeah. do don't we so absolutely i mean there's a brilliant program that's been on um it's still on actually on on uh, bbc2 which is called the big silence and it's made a, an effect, had an effect on us really, because it says actually that we we try to fill every moment with something, and the power of just being silent and taking in the joys of nature doesn't cost us anything at all, but can actually make such a difference um, to the way we think and the way that um, perhaps we might make decisions in the future. And 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 if there's anything that we could do just to to embrace that a little in our own very busy lives i think mm. it perhaps be a good thing for everybody indeed yeah so how do you see the, the future sort of unfolding or how does white feather at least see the future unfolding is it uh, a pretty picture i mean do we have nothing to really worry about do you think i'd like to say that i'd like to say it was a case in but but i can't um he, he does say that um you know there's there's a, a some darker times ahead um in the short term um short to medium term um because of the the current trends uh, that are you know unfolding um but ultimately you know th that uh, truth will win th win through because his main message is that light is greater than darkness and, and truth is 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 greater than ignorance and and mm. if you believe that and I've no reason to doubt that then you know the future's got to be bright really it's got to be good but i think in the short term because of what's going on i think uh, there's a lot of ignorant minds on this earth and around this earth and i think they they're intent on having their day um and, and i mean people are waking up as i said earlier there is a paradigm shift um, but whether that's going to be quick enough to prevent uh, some some nastier things occurring uh, you know personally i've got my doubts uh, but I think ultimately, you know, um, man was created by a, a greater force, a greater energy, a greater consciousness that will not be defeated by any ignorance, will not be thwarted 
and that ultimately that you know the light and the, and the truth will, will prevail mm. i really believe that and i really think that yeah. um people want to know that they really want to feel that there is something else beyond all the doom and gloom and and yes we will have these things that will happen in the in the world but ultimately um i think the reason people listen to spiritual philosophy the reason that they want um guidance and come to go to see mediums and read spiritual literature is because they're searching for an answer that can actually give hope to them and and that i think that is the message we try to to, to give if any is that collectively um as individuals we can do it but as a collective energy the thought energies are so powerful that that it's almost like a candle in a darkened room if you like there may only be one candle in a darkened room but it will light the whole room and that's what we're trying to do by going out and giving people an opportunity to see the world in a different way accept that there are dark places but also know that that it isn't all so bad that mm. we can't do anything positive about it yeah. and make positive changes yeah yeah well at the end of the day i mean the human race are well they say, I mean, they say that we are gods you know we, we've been we've been taught to worship an external god but really the irony of it is that apparently we are actually gods ourselves mm. aren't we yeah and we've been you know really oppressed yeah i mean i mean I, I i would sort of change that slightly and say we are god right okay god so we are god i mean god is is within us we are within god we're all there's no there's no separation and i think when when people really really wake up and and and, and that people are starting to wake up on a large scale, but when when that when they really wake up from from years or centuries of being half a, half awake, half asleep, and realise the tremendous power and potential that is within them, and the tremendous gifts that they've got, then you know the, the darkness is 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 defeated. You, you cannot stand up to it. Ignorance cannot stand alongside truth. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. It's a simple law. It's a fact, and when people realise that, then then the world will be transformed without a doubt. So really, the tool that they use is is fear, isn't it? So we need oh, to yeah. conquer fear, really, don't we? Divide and conquer, and divide. Yeah. And, and you do that by keeping people in two ways. You keep them in fear. That's the main weapon. Uh, whether it's actual fear or perceived fear, it's still fear. And the other way is to keep them occupied with trivia, you know, with, with, with lottery, with, with football, with uh, having to work, you know, with, with, with sex, with other, other tools that, that, that occupy the mind and the body and all, all help to disconnect people from their higher self, their true potential. Yeah. Um, I mean, what we're saying essentially is that um, over centuries of, of time um <coughs> more established religions have instilled this fear factor and um wanting people to understand that the only way forward is through an external god if you like um a book that you must follow i mean the jehovah's witnesses actually knocked the door the other day and 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 said to us do you not think that the bible is a manual written by god for how you should live your life nope uh, yeah, well, I, I knock at the door as well today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's a school of thought, mm. but at the end of the day, if we believe that we do not have to worship anything or anybody, and we actually don't need to um, get all our, our reasons for being from a book, but we actually start today, right at this very moment, of, of, of doing the right thing and the reason the way that we know that it's the right thing is because of something that white feather speaks such a lot about and that is that if we're silent in ourselves enough to hear the whisper of the words that are given to us that is where what we should follow and everybody's got that ability and that is something that when we go out and speak to people we like to get across to them that it isn't something that you can be taught or something that you need to spend a lot of money doing the silence and the peace 
that you can gain from meditation gives you all those answers from the inside out. Peace, serenity, whatever you like to call it, spiritual involvement isn't outside of you, it's within you. Mm. And very often the spiritual teachings that are given really awaken your memories rather than teach you something new. Mm. Yeah. I mean, White Feather always says, uh, just, just to sum, sum up here, and, you know, we're already enlightened. We are already enlightened. We've just got to remember what we've forgotten, which is what Amanda's just said. We've got to remember what we've forgotten. We are, as you said earlier, we are gods. We are God. Mm. You know, we, we need to remember that and know that and, and, and believe that and li live that is, is probably the most important thing. Yeah, it's like we're just born into a bunch of goo and then we've got to try and scramble our way out of it if we can. And, yeah. um, I mean, how does White Feather see all this? Because obviously he was living in, in a time perhaps when there's a lot more harmony with nature and maybe there wasn't all this kind of suppression. I mean, I don't know for, for certain because I know there was a lot of problems when the Americans, or the sorry, the English actually went over to America. Yeah, yeah. Does he emphasise with, with the situation we're in? Can he, can he see it for what it is? He can see it. I think in his day, yeah, it was different. But I think, you know, the problems that uh, that were around in his day were probably just as difficult for, for him and his compatriots to deal with as ours are today. Similar problems, maybe slightly differently, but, but still, still the problems of living down here on Earth. And he has mentioned on, on rare occasions about uh, the the suppression of the invaders to to America um, or to his land. It wasn't America in those days, but to his lands and and what the the white man did to the to the red man. But he, he's also said, and it is it is a measure of of the man really that he 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 has chosen to come back and speak to white men to work through a white man to help white men in the West, the very people that persecuted him and his race, he has taken through his humility and his love to come back and help those very people that were his persecutors. And that in itself is a great lesson to us all. You know, you hear about, um, you know, the Bible stories and, and the words of Jesus to, to love your enemy, uh, you know, as you love yourself. And what greater teaching can there be than for a red man to come back to help the very people that persecuted his race? Yeah. You know. I mean, very often he will illustrate a spiritual teaching by um, using metaphor and actually telling stories of, of when he was a young boy in those, what we get a picture of, wonderful um, natural surroundings. And it's amazing how profound the teachings can be when they're delivered in such a straightforward way. You get such a vivid picture of, of what life must have been like um, when he was growing up in that particular incarnation. Um, but, it, but it is amazing how he can use um, pictures of trees and the stream to, to actually get across a spiritual teaching. And, and the metaphors actually stay with you um a, a long time really because it's not he's not just speaking words he's speaking of his own experiences and using um a picture of things in nature helps to um to illustrate, to, to illustrate the point mm. i mean i do envy you know those those times in a way you know i think mm. sometimes it'd be lovely just to experience it mm. again for just one day to sit there and just appreciate nature and not have to be running around like a headless chicken you know <laughs> not we have to the thing the thing is ian it is it is within our uh capabilities to take that time to be peaceful and mm. nine times out of ten we don't do it and we're as we're as guilty of that as anybody yeah you no know, i mean we run that around like headless chickens as well we don't you know life just takes over and maybe that we all need to just take that bit of time even if it's only five minutes to go and sit in the garden yeah. or whatever and watch the birds or listen to uh, about, the birds. About a month ago, Ian, we, we were, had occasion to be down in Torquay and um, Amanda said to me, you've, you've got to take you to this place. She said, I've got to take you to Thatcher's Rock. 
Uh, I don't know if you know Thatcher's Rock. I, I, I've been to Torquay no. a few times, and I, I, I've never been there. It's just a uh, just outside Torquay, and it's literally it's literally like a, a grassy slope going down from the road down to the sea, and, and 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 some beautiful trees and shrubs. And we got out of the car, and what immediately hit me as I started to walk down towards the, the sea, looking out on on the on the rock, was the silence. And I said to Amanda, "Can you hear that?" He said, I know. She said, it was, there was no hum of traffic. You, you couldn't hear the waves. You could hear a few birds. No one was talking. It was absolute silence. And it was, it was overpowering. It was just wonderful. And it, and it, and it lifted, lifted my spirit. And I think if you, if you times that by however many it would be to be in, um, in, the, in, in Montana at the time of White Feather, then you can see why it made such a profound effect on him, his surroundings, and how um, those teachings can can go across eons of time. Because actually, you know, the same that 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 pr- um, profound feeling of being at one with the universe, perhaps for us in this day and age, doesn't happen that often. But imagine being in that sort of atmosphere every day of your life. And what you would get from it um, by just listening a little bit more and uh, seeing a little bit more. Um, and, and it sometimes actually brings you down to earth and think, you know, we actually worry far too much about about things that aren't that important. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I think that's stripping away of, of, the, of the dross, really, stripping away all the materialism that this modern world um, inflicts on us in a way. Um, can bring about a fundamental change in our thinking, and um, I, I really think we all ought, could could get a lot at more out of life by doing that, by not actually trying to fill every moment with something. Mm, yeah, I do wonder sometimes, you know, what kind of guides would we make in the future? <laughs> you know, I know time doesn't exist, but yeah. we get metaphors of laptops and you know headphones and we and sky plus <laughs> i mean to be honest with you they're, they're they're not all bad because we wouldn't be having this conversation no okay well. some someone once said to Whitefeather, um can you can you have a, a guide who was a glaswegian welder and he said of course you can why said, not why not yeah. so we're not all indians and and chinamen and eskimos you know it's 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 the spiritual character you know the spiritual nature of, of, of an individual that matters and not th- what they were i think as you've already mentioned about your daughter and, and and my son to an extent as well it's what can you learn from those who you would least likely feel are teachers to you i mean very often people learn things from from animals you know they have an affinity with an animal they have a communication with an animal that's not in words but is nonetheless so important that that's why we get so many people asking about what happens to pets when they pass into the world of spirit um and those things you know you you can't um put those to one side and say that they're not important and and this is why we we're very much this champion of of, of um not being egotistical about what we do because there are people in this world who are teachers who have no idea that they're teachers and we should be humble pupils to those teachings wherever they come from so at the end of the day i mean really the the teacher as you said earlier should be a student as well and i think if you get just the one if you're just purely a teacher then maybe they might lose sight of you know things that they need to learn i guess ask yourself this Ian: who who have you learned your greatest life's lessons from and it um, must be the wisest of the wise it may be the fool or the the ignorant person you know your enemy perhaps yeah i mean all of the above really i guess mm. yeah it's, it's, it's a shame that you know like we obviously we do learn things from good experiences um they're the things that you look back on fondly aren't they but certainly mm. some of the challenges do mould you um, and it's trying to get over those because I know that some people and you know to, to draw like an analogy you, um, someone can have a really negative experience and they might go on to be a abuser because they were abused or they could be somebody that then goes on to help people or abused and maybe those but two of those pathways exist and it's up to you which one you want to take yeah yeah 
it's a matter of perspective as well, Ian. Mm. You know, uh, I think as Amanda said earlier, uh, you know, you can look at things from from a material perspective and view them in one way, but when you look from the greater soul's pers perspective, you you may see quite differently. And and what as, as Whitefeather says again, you know, what 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 we we perceive to be bad can be good spiritually, and what we think of as good may be bad for us spiritually. We have to take always try and look with with the eyes of the spirit and see the the bigger the bigger picture the, the greater whole. Indeed. Okay, we've sort of got we come up to the end of the show now. Is there anywhere people can listen to White Feather on the internet, or is it something they have to attend? Um, we're hoping to put uh, in the future some kind of um, some videos or some audio recordings on the website, uh, maybe via YouTube. Um, we, we were due to um, go out to Denmark uh, a few days ago. Unfortunately, we had to cancel for, for one reason or another, and that was going to be videoed, and we were going to put that on the, on the web. Um, so that will happen. That will happen. Um, I can't say uh, exactly when, but, but, but uh, we, we're aiming to do that. Um, we did have a DVD. People can still purchase that from us, although we don't uh, we don't push that on on the website. Um, but what we'd urge people to do, if they've got any interest at all in perhaps what we said this evening, is is to um, to come and see come and see for themselves. Um, you know, we we welcome anybody who'd like to come, and um, and we get people, as I say, from all sorts of walks of life. So. Um, you know, it'd be lovely to see anybody who'd be interested in Yeah, it. and anybody can can make the, the White Feather Gathering as well next July. It'll be a great uh, great event. Um, we've got some other mediums, some spirit surgeons, psychic artists, and, of course, White Feather will be doing a demonstration as well. So, uh, basically, anybody that wants to come along, we'd love to see you, interact with you, and uh, bring your questions for White Feather. Come and, come and have a chat to us. Come and meet us. We, we'd love to see you. Okay, and your website? Yeah, the website's www.whitefeather.org.uk. Okay, wonderful guest. It's been really interesting this evening. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we've we really enjoyed it, Ian. It's been great chatting to you. And thanks for the questions and, and uh, the input from yourself. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Nice welcome. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.